0: Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Okay, on two really interesting things now. So something wonderful is happening in Cape Town. It is called the Maker's Landing Exhibition, and it explores a 100 flavors of South Africa. And when I thought about what makes... Um, South African food, South African food. What flavor would you say is iconic to South Africa? And I thought to myself, there's so many, so many to pick from. Anna Trapido is a food anthropologist and author of the book called Hunger for Freedom. And also another book called Core Author, another book called It Ding. And she joins us now on the line to tell us more about this particular um, exhibition that is happening in Cape Town. Anna, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Hello. So what is this um, particular exhibition? What is it trying to to do? A hundred flavors of, of South Africa. I couldn't think of only a hundred. I had like thousands in my mind.
1: Well, we had the same problem that you start and you think, gosh, this is going to be so many. You know, how are we going to find a hundred? And within minutes, you are thinking, how are we ever going to control this? So
0: so how do we define who we are? Who are we? Because in so many ways, we are so
1: different. You know, I think that's, that's a cliche, but the sense that we are what we eat. Yes. Um, you know, that South Africans are so profoundly defined by the ways that we eat and farm and share food. Um, so, you know, for instance, what we did was we thought, well, let's just start at the very beginning
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so you know the very very ancient past um, and and look at the ways that that influences the present and in South Africa's case you know the first cooking anywhere in the world that our species do Mm. happens in in Gauteng at the cradle of humankind Mm. so um, you know that 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 catching and controlling of fire yeah. that happened in, in the cradle is really the very beginning of cooking. And, you know, what we've done is then look at the ways that um, that cooking with fire has been so central to the way South Africans still think about food. You know, whether that's braai or chisanyama or, you know, a nook that you brush with apricot jam on the beach. Fire is very central to who we are.
0: So so that would lead us to a bri, obviously.
1: Exactly. And to Chisunyama, and to, you know, pots of acne after mosque on a Friday <laughs> mm. and you know, I think that if you simply you know, if you think about how does Sunday in South Africa smell mm. you know, it smells of that fat and coriander seed and smoke, mm combination that is Boravosanabri. Yeah. You know, even if you're not eating it, if you're just walking in the street on a Sunday, mm-hmm. wherever you are, doesn't matter. That that smell is very pervasive. It's the way that, that South African Sundays smell. That You know, we looked at ancient rock art, for instance, which is full of the most beautiful paintings, both of, you know, obviously hunting animals, but also there's a lot of honey hunting Mm. in those pictures and hives and a sense that food is not. and, And, you know, those aren't those paintings, those ancient paintings aren't shopping lists. Or mm. menus that mm. that that as much as they are obviously somebody saying I love honey mm-hmm. as sort of long ago, um, they are also somebody saying that bees and honey and termites are they are very central to my sense of spirituality mm. and my understanding of the creation of the universe. Mm. And so, you know, that the, the ways that food and spirituality get linked mm-hmm. is so interesting in South Africa and is in everything from, you know, sacred salt at Baleni through to Yuratert and, you know, even something like a joke, the way that like um, cabbage is often called John 14 <laughs> in townships, you know. <laughs> so it, of course it's a joke, but yes. it's also making a reference you know that um, people are saying food and and my deity. Um, yeah. I, I I speak to my God through food. Yeah. That tea for instance, or so. You know, often food is much more complex than than we think, and I think that's especially true in South Africa.
0: And, and I love how we—I mean, obviously, culture is dynamic. So or, many of what's here has evolved, or in fact, borrowed from other cultures. So you speak about the reference of Johanna fourteen. Of course, it makes perfect sense. But I mean, obviously, the Christianity wasn't always here. So it's—it's it's a bit of culture that we have, um, you know, taken as South Africa and uh, embraced raised and kind of made our own and many of our foods as well. You know, the spices, the the pella Pele, which is a combination of spices as well that are not necessarily originally
1: from South Africa. Well, I think what's one of the the fantastic things about South African food, and, you know, the exhibition does a lot of focusing on indigenous ingredients and, you know, First Nation food and First Nation cooking techniques. But, you know, what we also are is we are a very diverse nation, Mm -hmm. and there have been waves of migration, and each one of those has brought ingredients, cooking methods, tools um, you know a whole range of recipes and but so but what's interesting is that we have very few recipes that or even ingredients that have remained static you yep. know that that for instance if we take something like a milk tart yes it has It obviously has both Asian and Dutch roots, and you can see the antecedents in both of those cultures, in a Chinese custard tart, in Dutch custard tart, but it it is actually unlike either of those, that the ratio of of milk to eggs is different, which means that the texture is much lighter, Mm. that it is its own thing, and it was born in Africa. And that is true of so many of the things, you know, that, that nobody, for instance, would dare tell anybody in the Eastern Cape that maize was not um, <laughs> a central part of their identity and that they don't do uniquely closer, creative culinary things with it, you know, that, that, it, that it's become our own thing, that even something like Nguni cattle, you know, mm. we think that they've been here forever, but you know, they actually come about 4,000 years ago um, from Central Africa, but they have evolved in this space to be resistant to the diseases you find in our environment to be suited to this landscape that take that tailed sheep, you know, that, that, again, North African originally, but they've been here so long that they are now mm. entirely mm. their own thing and, and that thing is both South African and delicious. And and also
0: become so much of, as you said earlier, a bit of um, what they are also a part of our you know uh, rituals, um, cultural yes, r- rituals exactly. and so on, deity and all of yeah. that stuff being connected so strongly to it. Let's take a quick break and maybe we'll also take calls, um, Anna, in, in what defines... South African food for people. What flavours do you think are just distinctly South African? 011-714-2006 or those WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. I'll be back with those in a short while. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. I'm talking to Anna Trapido, who is an anthropologist, food anthropologist, and uh, she's been a part of a thing called "Makers Landing." It's an exhibition in Cape Town at the moment, exploring a hundred flavors of South Africa. And I dare you to come up with the list because I didn't—I uh, didn't find it very easy at all. I thought it was um, quite limited, by the way, the hundred, no, the, the number hundred. But let me tell you, I also recognize what is on their list, and I thought, of course, it, it may not originate from South Africa, but it's is so South African. Millie Meal, I dare you to tell anybody that it's not African or South African. Exactly. <laughs> and you're going to
1: find yourself in trouble, I promise you. Exactly. We have or, owned it. You know, Chile yeah. or you know that that, that of course chakalaka and Mrs. Balls and, you know, those lovely masala-spiced pineapples that you get on the Durban beachfront yes. or bunny chow, that they are profoundly South African. That the fact that the origin, that the core ingredient, the chilli, yeah. um, originally comes from the Americas, that in our environment, those chilies have crossbred mm. and changed, and we, the sauces that we make with them are entirely unique and speak to completely South African cultural context and experience. Is there there anything that's going to surprise me here, Anna? On the list. You know, I think what has surprised some people is... Not the actual ingredients, but that we didn't just do the posh thing. I was going to say, that's what,
0: in fact, that's the conversation I had with somebody. And I said, what I absolutely loved is not that the list doesn't resonate, is that you have gone all out to bring in lists that have been left out in previous years. I think that it's... So
1: we've tried to do, for instance, my absolute new best thing is a Tsonga uh, sweetie, really, called Shigugu, that is just so gorgeous. And I have a a big vat of it. And you're supposed to only get it if you're a Tsonga bridegroom and and it's got love (laughs) potion in it. But I got someone to give me a bucket. And and because I love you, I will bring you some because it is the most delicious thing in the universe. Mm -hmm. So my aim... You know, explain, explain, just, just for those who've never tasted it, urban, Anna, uh, for those who hello? haven't
0: tasted it, just just take us oh. through what it is.
1: Well, it, it is, it's a, a ground peanut mm-hmm. um, and maize meal mixture, That it, it, it's an absolute labour of love because mm-hmm. you grind and you sift and you grind and you pound and you grind and you pound and, and as I say, you know, it's part of engagement ceremonies um, and it's got a taste that's Look, it's entirely its own thing mm. in that way that, like an olive, is it's impossible to describe. But mm. it is—it's got a taste that is both sweet and salty, almost a bit like salted caramel. Mm. Um, and it's got a texture that is almost like fudge. You know, it's—it's mm. mm-hmm. it's, it's much firmer because it's pounded rather than ground up into a paste. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's got a, a an, sometimes people call it songa chocolate. Yeah like a kind of salted caramel, fudgy, just, it is so delicious that it's apparently that you're supposed to put love potion in it so your husband will love you forever, but I actually think if you were given a bucket load of shigugu, you would love someone forever anyway. You would have to stay. I mean, it's the most effective love potion I can think of in the universe, but the point that I'm really making is that, so we wanted to, to have rural and urban, to have Things that rich people eat, um, that poor people eat, that uh, celebratory Mm. food, everyday food, and ancient food and modern food, things that come from far away that we've made our own, and things that we're not necessarily proud of, that, Mm. for instance, we put knickknacks in because I truly think that that is what, you know, that sense of having those kind mm. of day-glow orange dust fingers, mm, mm. you know, that is a profoundly South African tactile taste experience. Mm. And it shouldn't just be, you know, let's have the kind peel of ancient grains peel, yeah. that are, are worthy and good for you. You know, it has to be, if, if we are eating Gatsby's and bunny chows and... I don't know too many cook sisters on a Sunday afternoon. Then they have to be in there too, because that's who we are. Mm.
0: Um, and there are other things as well. As you said, you know, we don't necessarily. I mean, the 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 pilchards. I think I think the tin fish is in there.
1: Exactly, tin fish is there, um, because I think again, you know in a range of South African cultures that is a kind of staple that has kept people you know healthy mm. and happy for generations um, that you know we didn't want to just do the things that that seemed posh because mm. and although all of those are there too, you know you want to reflect who. Is this nation in its entirety? So we were quite keen also to try and get regions in mm. that are quite often excluded from sort of Ponzi culinary debate. Mm. You know, that, that there's so often this kind of Joburg, Cape Town, sometimes mm. a little bit of Durban thing. And you think, actually, let's talk about the deliciousness that is Limpopo. Mm. You know, the, the magnificence of marula nuts, for mm. instance, that, that, you know, that, that, why is it that we somehow assume that, that posh means only certain places mm. mm-hmm. and delicious means only certain places? Mm. So then,
0: you know, how do we experience all of this wonderfulness?
1: Well, for the moment, um, despite what I've just said, you, you will have to go to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. But it's called the 100 Flavors Exhibition, and it's the space within which it, it is housed. Called Makers Landing, which is it's part of the V&A Waterfront. Okay. It's the the cruise terminal there, so it's where the ships come in. And what's nice about that, apart from anything else, is that in the 15th century, Khoi people called that area the Kamisa, mm-hmm. and they were trading. You know, long before Jan van Riebeck arrived, mm. they were trading with passing ships. Mm. At you know, so so as you you can because you can go into the shop and buy some shigugu and all of that. And you can think, I'm trading food in the very space that this was happening hundreds of years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's at Maker's Landing, which is within the V&A waterfront at the cruise terminal. It's completely free. It's open um, Thursday to Saturday, 10 to 7 p.m. And on Sundays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's free, so you don't have to pay. It's COVID compliant. Mm -hmm. It's a giant warehouse with masses of space so you can be socially distanced. The only day it's not open is Christmas Day, but it's open on Boxing Day. Can, can some of us eat.
0: feed our eyes? I mean, can we feast just, you know, virtually see something somehow if we're not in Cape Town?
1: Um, look, there there are that, that Studio H, who were responsible for curating it, mm-hmm. if, if you go to at Studio H, um, they have um, put up lots of different pictures. I think that they are going to do a, a sort of visual video tour. And I'm lobbying for it to come around the country because it seems such a shame Yay. to have all these treasures Um and keep them all in Cape
0: Town. We are right there behind you. I think it's a yes. fantastic thing to do. Um, the, you know, f- there's so much validation in seeing us in our food and exactly. seeing other people appreciate and not scoff at who we are, because food is really who we are. That I think it's important that it would go around, and I think lobby on, Anna. We are right no, behind I, you.
1: Absolutely. We will. And what we've done is at the end of the exhibition, there is a space where people can add their own suggestions, Mm. because obviously this is dynamic and personal and ever changing. And we only want for everybody to feel like they see their reflection of who they are on their plate. So... There's lots of space for people to say, you know what you forgot? You forgot my granny's recipe X. And X will be in by the next week, I promise. Anna, always lovely
0: talking to you. Anna Thrapido is a food anthropologist and the author of a book called Hunger for Freedom, as well as a co-author of a book called Eating. And uh, basically, the exhibition is on in Cape Town at the Maker's Landing. It is called 100 Flavors Exhibition. And really what they're doing is exploring... uh, 100 flavors of what they feel South Africa tastes like. And I think it's it's absolutely fantastic. So if you're in Cape Town, you're able to go there. Otherwise, go to the website, Maker's Landing website. And then, you know, like me, I'll be able to feast through my eyes. That brings us to 10 minutes to 3 o'clock.